Welcome to Fred Wings Podcast, where Smashville and Hockey Town collide. And now your hosts, Brett and Ron White and D-Law, Dan Law. Welcome to episode 35 of the Pred Wings Podcast. D-Law, how are you doing this and, evening? How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. Uh, a lot better than... What the... I'll give you it's not late. Ah, yeah. Brian made it. And we got Brian. Buffalo Brian. But good thing he's out from Buffalo or he'd be digging out the snow. Only yeah, my sixty-six inches. That's all. Oh my God, that's a dusting for and Buffalo. It's still snowing. Hang on, I, I gotta go on. I gotta go on a quick football rant here. This Why? is a hockey podcast. I, I understand that, but it has to do with Detroit. Easy Why, guy. for the love of God, are the Lions allowing the Bills to play on their field this week? Why? Because they need somebody I to win. I didn't say it was the first time. <laughs> I didn't say it was the first time. Why don't we send Buffalo to Minnesota? You didn't hear that. For the weekend. No, you I didn't caught he- it. I caught they it. They want the home team to win. That's why. Because we want to send we want to send Buffalo to Minnesota. The Detroit fans are mad about this. We don't want you guys playing on a field that you're going to be playing on against my team in five days. Yeah, well, that way they can also stay there. For, uh, they're not they're going not, to. They're not going to. They're flying back home for three but, well, but, Maybe but if, if the airport's not like closed. No, they just. And the reason that I read, Brian, maybe you can chime in, is that they want to keep routine, that they want to keep, you know, they fly out to their opponents on Saturday and they want to continue to follow the same, you know, they're, they're regimented to do that. No, the reason why they moved it is because they wanted the fans to be safe. Oh, the fans? Well, they're going to go to Detroit. Well, here's the problem with Detroit, though, is across the street from Ford Field, you've got Comerica Park. Kitty corner from it, you've got the Little Caesars Arena. You're you're in parking garages. I mean, just take take the Amherst, which we're all familiar with. Take that and just put it on steroids. And that's essentially where the business district of Detroit is. So there's not going to be any open parking lots for tables to be broken or people to beat up each other and and, and act foolish. Like, there's no space for that in Detroit. Well, that's not why they're doing it. Well, but do you think that you're... I mean, it's only a four-hour drive. So from Buffalo to Detroit is four hours. You cut through Canada, it's four hours. You 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 gotta be, I mean there there's gonna be Bills Mafia fans there. I mean they're everywhere. Yeah. There's nothing that's gonna stop them. There's not. They're not moving it to Detroit so they can tailgate still. But 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 I know the 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 team doesn't care about tailgating. But Bills Mafia, that is their that's their that's their mo. That's what they do. Correct. So that you you can't tell me they're gonna go to Detroit. And wuss out. Like, that's just not what's going to happen. There's going to be videos on Twitter and LinkedIn. No, they're going to still jump through tables. It's just yeah, going to be mean, in a parking garage. That's all. But how cool is this going to be? They're on the fifth floor of the parking garage. And they take go. that leap onto a burning building. Or a there building, you go. Burning table. It's just going to make it that much better. 
All right, before we get too much <laughs> off of the rant, uh, you know, we can speak on Twitter and all that. You can find us on Facebook at Pred Wings Podcast. Uh, oh, I kind of screwed that one up. Pred Wings Podcast. That one. <laughs> I don't know why it's automatic. Pred Wings Podcast. Uh, Twitter at Pred Wings Pod. And you can always email us at Pred Wings Podcast at gmail.com. And. We are now on TikTok. Wow. TikTok? I guess. I don't know why, man. I might just end up deleting that. Who knows? Just, just know. be careful, folks, because I think it's Dan doing the human helicopter. Yeah, well, I don't know how to control that, so. We'll yeah, you a, do. You well, put well, high gear and you spin. We'll, we'll have to hire a social media manager to control all that stuff, so. I'll do it. That's Buffalo <laughs> Brian. He's our guy. <laughs> but... So, um, I did. Oh, yeah. Last week, uh, I didn't get to talk about my Thursday game because we recorded early. Uh, well, it was more the same. It was almost like the Predators. Yeah, it was a bad loss. Bad loss. But last night, well, I don't know how we won. We managed to win somehow. Uh, we won seven to five. Uh, we didn't lead until late in the third period. We were behind all game. Well, like we'd we we'd be like a goal behind, and then we tie it up, and then they go ahead, and we tie it up, and we finally scored like the last seven minutes to take the lead. And I just was, I don't know. I just kept losing concentration throughout the whole game until the final seven minutes. I just locked in. So, did you get the win or the loss? Well, if you were listening, I said we got the win. I don't know how, but we got the win. It was a seven to five win. Um, hey, and Dose is back. Dose, don't feel bad. I wasn't listening either. So, yeah, well, I don't think anyone listens to me. Um, I so, uh, with that out of the way, and I think we had, uh, if you want to share your week. Yeah, I didn't have too much. You know, it was just, you know, typical family life. You know, a kid running karate on Mondays, gymnastics on Wednesdays, and, um, you know, doing family stuff all all week. You know, I, I enjoy the family time. It'll be nice when they're they're older, but, you know, you can't rush that stuff. But So yeah. we, we got some hockey stuff to talk about. Um Let's start kind of, we we just met talking about Buffalo. Um uh Eichel returned again to Buffalo his second trip. Uh this one was a little better for him. Uh he ended up with the hat trick. Yeah, how does that how does that feel as a Buffalo fan? Like was there, I, I don't was know there a lost... game I, I, I didn't notice. I wasn't paying attention, sorry. Was there a game? <laughs> I, I, I didn't watch. Oh yeah, it's like yeah, and that's another thing that's going on. It's like a reversal. They were but, like, but honestly, let's let's. I want to break this down a little bit because Eichel came out and he said, he goes, you know, I I don't hate Buffalo. I don't dislike Buffalo, and the reason they're booing me is because I'm no longer wow. on their team, and then it's the way that we left. Can we kick fans out of the chat? That's terrible. Look at Dose. Look at what he just said about us. Oh, he's just a Bruins fan. <laughs> that explains it. Oh, I'm okay. I, I am totally Bruins fan. I will say, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to say this. I'm a diehard, low-level hockey fan. 
at the least. I've been a low-level hockey fan my entire life, so I'm a, a low-level hockey player too. Oh, oh! Listen to the deaths from the goalie fighter. <laughs> I never fought a goalie, uh, so um, back to the Ico Buffalo game. But yeah, you know. Oh, did that happen? I wasn't. I didn't know. No, but like, but honestly, but but. Buffalo Brian, think about this for a second. I try not to. No, I, I get it, and I know it hurts a little bit. It, there's it definitely rough. a sting, and I, and I would feel the same way if, like, Mantha came to Detroit and, and scored a hat trick. Like, I, I would feel the same way. Um, But now, but think about what he said before the game even happened. So he's out. He was going to take all of his buddies out to Bar Bill, but they didn't have time because the plane came in late. He ended up having dinner with your captain so Eichel's breaking bread with your captain the night before the game and he comes out before the game and says you know I I have no hard feelings against Buffalo it just didn't work out for us on a personal level and the fans boo me because they're upset that I'm still not on their team Uh how does that uh, feel as a Buffalo fan like thinking about that for one I didn't hear any of that but uh it, it's somewhat true, but it's somewhat I'm. I don't know. I I'm glad he's gone. Honestly, he was a cancer in the locker room, and I was gonna say, did he like give up on the team? Oh, did now he... Boston fans are talking. They we gave him, him a back. voice. Oh he yeah, gave, it's good to talk when you when you see nothing but winning. Oh, here we go. <laughs> And, and, and speaking, speaking of winning, that Buffalo just took a total of a one eighty. I mean, they were like hot and winning all the games, and now they're like on a losing streak. Yeah. Seven now they're, three, now, now they're, they're Buffalo. Seven ten. <laughs> now they're Buffalo. But I will say this though: I I still think I I still think that Buffalo is going to be a team to watch. Like I, you cannot count Tage Thompson. Is just he's. I feel like he's like the predator. You just don't hear enough about him. Dude, but they well, do if you listen to our podcast last year, you would have heard him. Dude, Buffalo does this shit all the time. They'll start looking good, and and then they'll go to shit. And then if they have good players, players don't want to play there, and they go off and excel at other, uh, you know, teams. Mark my words. This next Wednesday's game that I'll be at will be the start of a a winning streak. All right, we're going to hold him to it. It Next Friday is going to really suck for him. (laughs) See, but but Dose streak, but it'll now Dose. No, go ahead, Buffalo. I'm sorry. It'll it'll be a uh, turn. It'll be turnaround. We're going to turn this season around next week. Don't worry. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a long season. But what I was going to say, Dose, was I was actually down again visiting my buddy um, in North Carolina, or I'm sorry, in, in um, D.C. He doesn't even know where he was. No, yeah, I know. It was, it was beautiful down there. It was like a good weekend. I, yeah, it was a good weekend. <laughs> um, but I went down to visit him, and we watched the Boston. It was actually Boston-Buffalo. So it was the Boston-Buffalo game. And and I told him, I said, you know, there's there's two things with Boston that I see is a, they're the strongest team in hockey. They come out and they play three periods. They play it all, all along. And it, Buffalo actually went up and they were up one, nothing. And I, I actually, I don't know who it was. It might've been Bergeron who scores a goal. And it was one, one. And I said, this is what 
this is what Boston does is once they get a little bit of blood in their mouth, they're like sharks and they just attack. I said, they're going to score at least two more goals. This was at the end of the third period. I said, they're going to score at least two more goals before this game is over. And he goes, no, I don't think so. And I said, no, they're going to score two more goals. And they came out and they scored two more goals. And now I'm not saying I'm Ron Stradamus or anything like that. But just when you see Boston, when they get that momentum, they run with it hard. They, you, you never really think they're out of a game. Never. Um, and, and, and I, you're the, right. The one thing, the one thing I'm noticing about them, and, and this is anybody will say it, uh, to be successful, to really go far, they're rolling out four lines that could hurt you. Um, if if the first and second line aren't really getting it done, the third and fourth line, you know, come out of nowhere and, and get you a goal. And I, I think you've been seeing a lot of that um, this season. They're they're just yeah. You, you can never count them out. And and you know what? Obviously, I'm prisoner of the moment. I don't care. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna enjoy it while it lasts. You have to. Yeah. It, it, is it? You know, going to go a whole season? Are they capable of keeping this up? Ugh. I don't know. I, I think I think you can see them kind of coming back to earth a little. At least now they're not like skin 10, 12 goals a game. You know, the, the games are competitive until you know that that third period. They they just own the third period. And that's and that's exactly what you just said is what my my buddy said. Again, he's born, you know, and raised pretty much Boston his whole life. Um. And, and he had said, he goes, this is how Boston is. They start out hot, they have hot streaks, and then they collapse. And then they find their, their way hot again towards the end of the season, and they get into the playoffs, but they're just not able to take it to that next level. He goes, that's, that's the problem that I have is, yes, they start out good. They look good on paper. Everything looks good. They're having a, 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 you know an excellent season, and they just can't finish it. And I, yeah, well, the, and I disagreed with them this year. I said, I just don't think that's the case. I, I think you've got guys that know that they're at the end of their careers and they want another cup. Yeah. 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 No, that's a great point. And I've, I've thought about that too. There, and there's a couple things. Um, obviously every team goes on a little bit of a, you know, they'll, they'll go on a little bit of a slump. It's how they come out of that slump and, and you know, who, who they are as a team, you know, that's when you really get to see, and we're still waiting to see how, how Boston deals with adversity. Um, I just lost my train of thought. I've been drinking. <laughs> I had another good point I wanted to make. Typical Bruins fan. No, I mean, wrong. but I mean, that's that's okay. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, but you look at a guy like Patrice Bergeron. Hey. <laughs> yeah, we're getting crushed out there. It's at like 60 inches right now or something crazy. 66. Thank God I'm just to the east of it. 66? Oh, it's up at six inches. They're always good for a storm like that. It's up to Josh Allen's neck. Oh, I, I know what I was going to say. Um, so you, you see teams come out of the gate like this a lot. Um, and it, it's when you get to the playoffs, you know, everybody kicks in that extra gear at the playoffs. Is this them playing at that extra gear for the whole regular season when it comes to playoff times? We Especially in hockey, you see it a lot. You know, a number eight seed taking on a number one seed. So that's that's one of the other things I think about. Yeah, of course. And I mean, it's got to be nice when you look at, you know, who's who's hot right now at the moment in Boston. And, you know, let's take a look at the last five games. Patrice Bergeron's coming out with four goals in the last five games. 
I mean, that's that's a veteran presence. That's a guy who's leading the team, and he's out there doing it. At, at I don't even know what his – I want to say, I think he's 37, 38? Yep, 37. 37. So Patrice Bergeron's 37 years old, and he's out there. You know, he's firing on all cylinders right now and putting up, like I said, he's got four goals in, like, the last five games. And don't look now, but – Charlie McAvoy is uh, made his uh, season debut against the Flames. Um, was that that was? Yeah, that was, was that, that? He came back and had a goal. Okay, yeah, it was a, last. He had, a, he had a good game. He he played a very very good game. Because um, I actually watched some of that again. I was I was in DC visiting my buddy, and you know they had pointed out, and, and we were listening to Jack Edwards, but he actually brought up a good point at one point. And he goes, this, oh, is, this is a kid that <laughs> wants to come out and play hockey. Like, he enjoys playing the sport of hockey. Like, yes, this is his job, but this is a kid, after sitting down and talking with him, and I didn't see any interviews or anything, but this is just him, Jack Edwards, talking, that, you know, this is a kid that just enjoys the sport of hockey. And you think about that, and it's like, that's exactly what you want. Like, that's what you want in a player is somebody that's going to just, he's not there to collect a paycheck. He's not there to, you know, appease people. He's out there because he's having a good time. And, you know, it's, it's not work when you're having fun. So having him back, I just think is, is huge for Boston. This is a kid that wants to play the game. He wants to play it at a high level and he's doing it. I mean, the kid just gets better and better year in and year out. Yeah. He'll be he'll be the captain. He'll be the next captain of the Boston Bruins. I agree with that. Yeah, and, and you know one thing I said even coming into the season because I know we talked before. Um, you know things were just getting started, and, and I felt like Boston was going to be a middle of the pack team. And, uh, you know, obviously nobody saw this coming, but I always said maybe one of the best, in, probably well, right now the best in the league if you if you consider special teams. Um, but they got a solid core right there, and that's going to be solid for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I think that's a good segue for something I want to talk about with Detroit. Um, you know, and it, Detroit just brought up a guy. We've had some injuries. We've had some some struggles. Um, but we've had, you know, we've had a good look at some guys that come up and play, and one of them recently is Jonathan Bergeron. He's a young kid. I think he's 20 years old. He's been he played in Grand Rapids last year. Um but he's come out and he his same thing is like he he wants to he's he's proving himself. And the thing with Detroit is they need to start winning more of these games that are, you know, more suited towards them. Like Boston, I don't see them going out there and, you know, crushing a Boston. I don't see them see them crushing, you know, a a, a Pittsburgh team but I do see them going out in Buffalo and playing them them closely and I know Buffalo's in a skid right now but Detroit should be in comparison aligned with Buffalo they're both in a early rebuild of their careers or their their teams and I think they should do that but but this guy Bergeron I was just talking about he comes out and he's playing a game where He's just looking to put points on the board. He doesn't care if it's an assist, a goal. He's he's involved in the play. And then what they actually said was, you know, this is a guy that if he doesn't play this this fast-paced, rough 
game. Like he has to play this way to keep a roster spot. But the wings are, you know, they're in a position where they're bringing these young guys in and there's multiple people getting looks at it. And I just think that, that the wings are in a good spot right now. Um, where they're going to keep growing the youth. And I, I think that's that's where a lot of the Wings fans have to just kind of slow down a little bit. Don't, you know, we all want to see the Wings in the playoffs. Well, we got D-Law back. I missed everything you said there. That's all right. I'm just I'm just going off on, on a little bit about the Red Wings. And he was talking a lot of shit about the Predators, too. I was. Yossi's not doing shit. Just so anyway, um, but hold on. You what think I you got some wings recaps coming up, don't you? Yeah, no, I'm going to get to those. But but overall, as a as a wings team, and I think this is where a lot of the fans need to kind of take a look. Like we've 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 done well. If if and I know Dost, you've said Detroit's possibly going to get into the playoffs this year, and I wouldn't. I would love that. And I know they're not going to take a deep run, but it's nice to see progression. Uh, but there's so many other areas where Detroit's showing progression. I mean, they have a, a goalie tandem that's actually competitive in the league. It's not like they're getting blown out or, hey, oh, my God, they got to play the backup. We're going to drop six goals tonight. <clears throat> we actually have a, a couple of goalies who are actually able to, you know, keep the team in, in, in a game. Uh, we have young defensemen, which I'm going to get into, who are getting more offensively into the play, more similar to like, you know, a McAvoy or even like Keith Yandel used to be and how Carlson's playing, who's on fire right now, by the way. Um, but I just think the wings are in a good spot to continue to grow. And uh, that kind of leads me into, you know, the recaps. And the Wings didn't do terrible. They didn't have a great West Coast trip. They're coming out of the West Coast, tri- Coast trip now. Hey, can, can I just ha- cut you off for a second? I, I, I don't mean to. Sure. I, you know, you look at Detroit right now, they seem like they're kind of a middle-of-the-pack kind of team. Um, and, I, and, and I still believe they're going to make the playoffs because they're only going to get better. They have a young team, and they're just going to keep getting better and better. Um, so... I stand by what I said. I think Detroit makes the playoffs, and they could pull off an upset. Unless, you know, I, I unless dis- of course, they beat Boston. but <laughs> <laughs> Of course. And I, and I don't disagree with you, Dose. And I just – I guess I'm just being more reserved when it comes to – you know, Detroit's been kind of a letdown city the last few years. And I know I'm not from Detroit, but my family's all from Michigan. But growing up a Detroit fan, it's always disappointment year after year. Except for the Wings, they had that run in the '90s. But since jerks. they since they've been in the rebuild, you know it's, it's been tough to watch. You know, as a fan, you kind of expect the loss, thinking next year is going to be a little bit better, and then it's just another loss after another loss after another loss. And and now it kind of feels like Steve Eiserman is putting something special together. I mean, we've seen progression in the last three years of this team. We went from you know, bottom of the absolute barrel to, you know, we're, we're to the middle of the barrel to now where, you know, we're getting points in games that we probably shouldn't even be competing in. And we've had a number of shootout losses, you know, we're, we're still getting points. Um, 
you know, but as a young team, I'm okay just getting points at the moment because as these kids mature, like your Berggrens and your Rasmussen's and, you know, Billy Huso is your, is your goalie. I mean, these are young kids as they mature and, and, and grow those, those shootout losses or those overtime losses will eventually turn into wins and more points. And I think Eisman's got a good path for that right now. I think he's in a good spot. I think he's putting the right personnel, um, you know, into places. I think he's given Lalonde a lot of options to create a good lineup. I'm excited for the wings this year, or not this year, but, you know, in a couple of years to come. I, I'm excited to see what they do. It kind of reminds me of what he did in Tampa Bay. He took, you know, Tampa Bay was at the bottom, towards the bottom of the league. And then, you know, he took over and turned him into a Stanley Cup champion team. So it's like he's doing that again with Detroit. Yeah, and and he is. He's done a good job. Um, you know, I'm going to jump into, you know, the last couple of games here. You know, we we played a good New York, or I'm sorry, an LA team. They've come out. They played a few good games. They're they're not great right now, and I was kind of disappointed. Um, you know, Detroit went in there and they lost a four to three game. I I know it was close. I know it was their first game on the West Coast. Their young team, all the excuses. Uh, but LA's not a phenomenal team right now, and I really wanted to see Detroit come out with a win in that game. I thought that would have been good to start their West Coast trip. Um, but, but it didn't quite happen and it just carried over, you know, they went into Anaheim on Tuesday and they lost a three to two overtime win. And and that was, that was a tough one to swallow. That was Bertuzzi's first game back and he coughed the puck up in in front of the, yeah, that's exactly, that was what Bertuzzi said as he shot that puck across the front of his net. Uh, but you know, he was clearing the puck out and, you know, didn't pay too much attention and unfortunately, you know, Anaheim was right there at the doorstep. They intercepted the pass, and that was the end of the game. So that was that was tough. But Detroit did, you know, they, they rebounded well. And I think that's where it really shows where years passed with under Blashill, they wouldn't have responded like this. They would have just folded over in every single game on that West Coast, came back, made excuses on why it happened, never get any any better but i think that this wings team actually came back and responded so they came back and you know they 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 so they lost to la they lost to san jose in a shootout i i just i i think the wings have i don't want to say turned a corner but they found ways to come back and compete in 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 games i just where in years past, they couldn't finish a game. They'd come out, they'd get a lead, and then you just knew as a fan that in the third period they would just demise. And now the- that was incredible. Um, But they actually, uh, you know, yesterday they came out, they played San Jose, and they they got down in the first period. They were down 2-1, to one, and they found a way to battle back. And that's one thing that I'm really seeing under Lalonde is that they battle. They fight for this coach. They they play a full three periods of hockey. And I know some games are lopsided, but, you know, they really continue to – they still fight for them. And that's something you haven't seen in years in the past. So it's nice to see that. But they came out 
They beat San Jose last night, uh, seven to four. They found a way to rebound. But the nice thing about this, and this, I'm I'm very long winded, and I'm going to cut myself off here. But in that game last night, they had a lot of defensive players score goals. And that's something that Detroit has really struggled with is getting defensive points on the board, having those offensive defensemen, if that makes sense. But you had, I believe it was three. You had Jake Wallman scores his first goal. You've got Mo Sider who scored his first goal. And um, Philip Hronik scores his second goal. So you have three defensemen contributing to goals in that game last night. You need to see more out of that in Detroit if they want to continue to push towards the playoffs. So that's just, that's my thoughts on it. Um, D-Law, anything on Nashville? Uh, more losses. <laughs> they, um, they ended that long road trip in Colorado and I, I, that was, uh, actually, I didn't see that game. Thank God. Cause I was, that was the game I was, uh, it was a Thursday night game and I was playing my game, which I, that was the game that was last week. And that's the one I, I was pretty bad too. So I don't know who was better, me or the Preds. Um, but then they started their five game homestand. Uh, well, it's a eight, eight out of nine, um, Eight out of nine home, but that's five game, five game in a row, and then they head to Detroit. Um, but you know they, and again, I didn't get, I didn't see these games, and they end up winning. So shockingly, uh, they end up last Saturday played Rangers. Uh, they came up with squeaked out a two to one win, and. Um, uh, UC, uh, is it UC Par- Parsonen? Um, he, he's becoming a bright spot. Um, he just got called up. Um, he scored. He scored a goal in that game, and then they went and played Minnesota the other night um, at home, and they squeaked out another two to one win. That's you know. So, I mean, it looks like their defense is starting to get better. Um, but you know, at, at the same point, they're you know, it's like it's like they focus on defense and they forget to score. But then they come out uh, last night. Another game, obviously, I wasn't able to watch because I was playing hockey myself, uh, and they barely beat the Islanders five to four. But it's another win. So you know, the, now you know they turn that bad road trip um, around with a three-game winning streak. So maybe, uh, you know, I still think Hines needs to go. Um, but, you know, they maybe they're starting to turn things around right now. See, I'm going to say, D-Law, that I kind of see Nashville as Detroit last year, where early on in the season, we knew Blashville had to go. Is just not the answer. Bad, you know, they were prepared for games after many years in, in the organization. So I kind of feel what you're going through with Hines. I mean, it's just kind of one of those things like, when are they going to pull the plug on it? Are they going to give them more time, similar to what they did with Blashill? Um, 
but I will say this though. I I did watch the Nashville and Wild game. And the one thing that I saw about Nashville in that game was two things. <clears throat> I should say the two things I saw in that game was Nashville brought a lot of physicality to that game. They're they're a physical team. I want to say they have the most fights or the second most fights in the league. They're they're up there. Again, just like uh, I think last year, not not sure about the year before, but it's like since Heinz took over, uh, maybe that, I guess that's his identity. I'm not opposed uh, to that. I'm not sure how what New Jersey was like when he coached them. I'm wondering if it was the same type. But I mean, Nashville's got a bunch of tough guys on their team. I mean, Janot will fight. Um, what's his name there? Bort Borowski or Bort? Uh, he he's still on IR. Did they? Did he come back? I think actually, I think he did. I think he might have just come back, but he was on IR. But but yeah, I mean, what I'm saying is they've they've got guys that'll fight. I mean, they're a very physical team. I think they're leading the league in fights, and. I think that's an identity that they have, but they have to make sure that they have a good mix of offense and fighting at the same time. You know, it's very similar to like the Broad Street Bullies, but the Broad Street Bullies were putting up points on the board. They weren't only just beating the heck out of you. Yeah, but you can't just go out there and fight just 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 to fight. I mean, it's got to be. Why not though? It's got to. Why not? Be, they they got to. I mean, you can't just you know trust puck. Puck drops and you just beat somebody's head up just because. Why not? Just because it's just because. Be, I mean, you got you just got to be. Are a we reason. talking about I mean, setting a precedent for the game, or are we talking about feel goods for the other team? I mean, if that's your identity, if Nashville goes out there well, and they play a physical game, and if that means yeah, the yeah, club, yeah, you can drop, you can be physical by throwing the body around and body checking, but you know, if that leads to fights, so be it. But you can't just you know, as soon as the puck drops, grab a guy's jersey and start beat, pounding him just because you want. Yeah, but fight. that's not true. That's not true. I mean, let's let's go back just a couple of years ago. Do you remember the Cassian and Tuchuk rivalry, Edmonton and Calgary? You know, there were some dirty plays going out there, and everybody knew, everybody knew, Tuchuk and Cassian were going to drop the gloves at some point in that game. Everybody knew that. So they're on the faceoff dot, and and this is a side story, but Tuchuk said. I know we got to fight. Are we going to drop him? And to Chuck's or Cassian says, when I'm ready to drop him, we'll drop him. And I want to say that fight happened in the third period. So he toyed with to Chuck, who was young at the time. He toyed with to Chuck all the way through the game until the third period. And then he said, yep, you got the nod. And they ended up fighting. So I know that dragged out, but it's the same, you know, that that's just, that's what they do. So fighting is a part of the game, and if it's going to create a position where it's going to give you an advantage over your opponent, whether it be you know striking fear in them or thinking, am I am I going to be the next one to get that hard hit, or am I going to have to challenge, you know, Borcheski or whatever his name is, or Genoa? Like, do I have to do I have to square up with one of these guys? 
and it just changes the dynamic of the game. Uh, and there seems like a lot of you know this year. There's a lot of you know players will hit. You know they'll they'll throw the body around the you know catch some clean hits, and then the other team will just try fight them. It's like why it was a good clean hit, and you're just gonna decide to fight them. I will agree with that too, D-Law, because you're right. There's many times where there's a good, hard, shoulder-to-shoulder hockey check that just needs retribution, and I see both sides of it. But you're right. Every single hard hit comes with some kind of altercation after it. Yeah, and um, actually speaking of uh, hitting and fighting, uh P.K. Subban signed a multi-year contract with ESPN for their NHL coverage. Um, I don't. I, it'll be kind of interesting to see how you know where he, what role he's going to have, whether he's going to be like an analyst or a studio analyst or or like a, a sideline reporter or or what. I mean, it, you know, there, there's. <sighs> I, he can't be any worse than some of them out there. That's for sure. No, no um, I just, so, you know, there was one game last year, and maybe it was just because it was one of his first games. He was nervous, but you know, I, I just didn't really feel that he was he was TV quality. Um, I'm willing to give him a chance to see if he does better, but he just seemed like he just wasn't comfortable being on that type of a stage. He definitely has a personality. Uh, at least he did when he was with Na- in Nashville. I don't know, you know, he didn't. He didn't. I don't know if he kept that up when he was in New Jersey or not. But, um, but yeah, he 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 likes the limelight. That's for sure. I don't want to rant on Hines, you know, because obviously, you know, with with the Predators winning three three games, um, yeah, he I think he just bought himself some more time. Um, so, you know, I was, you know, the last couple episodes I've been saying to fire him, and I think he's kind of proven me wrong. Um, but um, moving on to some other uh, other news, um, the Seattle uh, Kraken claimed, uh, was he a former wing, uh, Magnus Halberg? Uh, they claimed him off waivers. Um I, don't, I think it was Ottawa that was going to send him down. And um, oh, did you also see that uh, the Bruins? Uh, they were, I think, they were on the road trip, um, and they were forced to change the jerseys uh, against Vancouver. Um, I think they, because they were, they were, they were going to wear their bear jerseys, um, but they had to, they had to. They had to switch jerseys or something like that. Yeah, no, I did see that. I, I believe they both came out in white, was it? Or dark? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Maybe they both came out in dark jerseys. I think, yeah, I think that, well, uh, the I think the bear, the Bruins were wearing their bear jersey, their third jersey, so I'm not sure if that's white. white. Yeah. Um, so I, I just, I don't know how that communication, you know, this is NHL, how does how the communication, you know, so something big like that, um, you know, how is they there... They were supposed to wear those jerseys, I heard. 
Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah it was, I don't it was know. definitely white. They both came out wearing white uniforms and um, they came out and they're like, why is Boston wearing white? So they both they were both skating around for for warmups in white uniforms. Uh, speaking of the Canucks, I just got to say. What the heck is that thing on their jerseys? They're, the the new ones are they're like blue jerseys, and they got like a little cartoon dude on a, on it. I was like, what is that thing? It must be there. It must be the new retro jersey. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Let me look it up and see what it says. But yeah, I know. You know, they're. they're it's a they're, dude. It's a man. I I think I read this. It was about a a lumberjack, maybe. Oh, but they're the Canucks. A, I know there's a story oh. behind it. Well, I know they uh, they they like to blow leads. Uh, they're winning tonight, but I'm just wondering. I, they might, I don't think they're going to be blowing this lead tonight. I mean, they said there's still time in that game to blow up. I know they lead the league in like uh, multi, the most multiple goal leads they blew. I know they they actually had a, a multiple goal lead on on the Predators and blew it. So maybe the Kings will come back and beat them, but. Um, yeah, and uh, some injury notes. Um, Flurry got put on IR. I think it happened um, in the Predators game. Um, he's got an upper body injury. Um, so it, they put him on IR on Wednesday. So it must have happened in that Predators game. Um so he's going to be out for at least seven days. And uh, <clears throat> continuing with the uh, injuries, uh, uh, Patrick Laine is now out. Uh, three to four weeks, he has a sprained ankle. Um, they also put him in IR as well. Yeah, I saw that, and that's that's a tough one for them. They're, you know, Columbus, I mean, they're they're dirt train wreck they're it's worse than the predators actually you know they were they're they were expected to be top of the division maybe even top of the league and they're just they're they're actually i think they're worst in the league right now they have 13 points uh they're actually tied with ottawa uh and, and arizona actually anaheim's the worst team in the league with 11 um so yeah, I, they they're gonna have to figure out. as much as bad as as much as I'm, you know, on the Predators for losing, and they're actually fourth in their division, um, and they're right right there for third. Um, it's got to be really hard for Columbus fans, you know, the the way they went out and spent the money, and they got some really top talent. Yeah, I think they really. You know they've they've had a couple of good runs. I mean they're not like terrible. Um, you know they've got Detroit coming up here. You know they're and the one thing is, I I have to say D Laws, it's so early in the season. Now as we get closer to the All Star break, then yeah, I, I I'll start to worry about some things. But teams are still figuring out what lines they want to have out, what players they want to have on the team, etc. So. You know they're they're respectable. You know they're six and nine. They're not in a t- 
terrible position. Um, you know, but they've got, you know, like uh what's his name there? Boone Jenner. You know, he's he's got seven goals and five assists in sixteen games. I mean, he's not he's not playing terrible. You know, you've got Johnny Goudreau over there now. He's got, you know, six goals, eight assists. I mean, they're they've got guys out there. They're they're trying to rebuild, they're trying to create an identity for themselves in in Columbus. Um, you know, as a Wings fan, I know that teams are going to go through their ups and downs and, you know, Columbus, unfortunately, is in a downtime where they're they're trying to get the right guys in. They're trying to build through the draft and, and free agency and get their team back into contention. But it takes time to do that. But they've got a good foundation to do that. Yeah. And uh, surprisingly, the Sharks um, are taking offers for Carlson and, and he it's surprising because he's leading all NHL D-men with uh, 10 goals and 24 points he yeah, also he has played, he, that number is even higher because last he, night in Detroit I think he had a goal and an assist the he also played out of his mind after he, he was met with adversity do you remember this D-Law where they had said he gave up on a on a play that cost them a goal he was supposedly talking to the lineman. Do you remember that? No, I don't. Well, there was a play where he supposedly gave up, and it looked like it. I'll I'll send you the video, and we should post it on our social media. Um, our TikTok. Whatever, yeah. But it shows him, like, standing there. The play's going on. The puck just kind of goes by him real slowly, and he's kind of almost got, like, his hands on his hips talking to the linesman. And there was a, a lot of criticism that met with that. But this year, like you had just said, he's come out and he has really shown that he is a top defender in this league. I mean, he's putting points on the board like crazy. He's having a, he's having an all-star career by all but, means. But he also has a no-trade clause, too. So it's yeah, that's, that's going to be an interesting storyline to follow. But oh. Very tricky. Very, very tricky. Yeah. Um, and you know, in uh, the the blues of they're they're kind of a they're the blues are in uh, they're they're you don't know what's going on with them. They they're it's like they're I think they're tech kind of turning things around. They just won four in a row themselves, so so they you know they're turning they're turning it around as long as uh, with, with, with the predators. Um, and you know they're both tied. Uh, Nashville has one more point because of an OT loss, but um, you know it's, it's this season might end up being interesting. And <clears throat> there's you know there's not really too much more <clears throat> news to discuss. But um, and the uh, highlight that I saw was kind of interesting. Um, the, uh, it was the Ottawa game. I think they were playing Buffalo. They 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 had shot it in. And it hit the end boards, and Brady Kachuk took it off the end boards, and ba- I don't know if he banked it in off the off the goalie, but he ended up scoring. It was a, it was actually a power play goal. Yeah, those are fun goals to watch. I mean, you know, every team has their little. They know their boards. They know the way that they bounce, and you know those those are just it's it's a fun play to watch when you see the puck like. You don't take a shot on goal. You don't pass the puck. 
you're shooting it at the boards and as a fan watching it initially it's like what what are you doing like shoot it on the net but then the puck will take some kind of a wonky bounce and there's somebody standing there ready to just bury it and that's just that's just a lot of practice that's you know a heads up play knowing that hey we can make this happen all the angles are right the defense is in the right spot we can do this so yeah those are those are just fun quirky goals to watch I don't know if you have a rant this week, but no, I, go for it. I I I just gotta go on this rant. I mean, we talked about it, you know, a couple weeks ago. It's a too many players. I've uh, in both the NHL and AHL. Every game, there's at least one too many player penalties. Some sometimes there's two or three. I don't know if the referees are just making making it up, making, oh, wait a minute, they got too many. I mean, they could be right near the bench doing a line change, and they'll call it too many men. Or or maybe is it the, the coaching staff or the players? I don't know if there is a new rule about line changes or something that they're not used to. But I don't, you know, is it the referees that are making these calls that are, you know, did the NHL tell them to start making these too many player calls or is it the players and coaches just losing, you know, not, you know, not having attention to detail and just making these little mistakes, but something's got to happen. I mean, it's just, it's, it's one of those penalties along with delay game that is avoidable. You don't. I mean, it's. See, I, you, I will. I'm going to disagree you, you, with you a little bit there. You can take the trips and the slashes and the roughings, yeah. But the too many player calls and even the delay games, they they are totally, totally um, avoidable. I mean, you do not have to take those penalties. You know, I want to. I want to disagree with you. Um, like the the. You were saying that like the too many men, like yeah, I get that. That I that I understand. I I understand that you know guys need to be more aware of you know where the play is on the ice. You're just excited to get out there for your next shift. You see your line, you know your 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 I guess the person in front of you, the line ahead of you that's on the ice coming off your guy for a change, and you just want to get on the ice as quick as you can to be a part of the play. We have to be aware of everything that's going on around you. And everything happens so fast, though. I mean, that's, I mean, we're talking about the NHL. Like, you can watch youth hockey and it's a slower pace. Then you can watch, you know, high school hockey and it's a little bit faster. But as you get into juniors and AHL and NHL, I mean, the game just moves so freaking fast. But you're right. I mean, if you see, as, you know, if I'm looking to jump off the bench, I need to be aware of where my line mate is or my, my replacement rather, or who I'm replacing and where the play is on the ice. I mean, if it's coming up the board, you, you got to be really careful about when you jump on the ice and what you do when you jump on the ice, but you're right. I mean, I've seen a lot more of those too many men penalties being called every, every game that I watch, there's at least one or two of them that are called. So yeah, maybe that is the NHL saying, Hey, we're going to focus on too many men this year. And, I'm trying to see if, um, like, five feet or ten feet, um, 
Oh, okay. It's uh, within five feet of the bench. They have to be within five feet of the bench. Um, so maybe in my guess, you law that's two strides. So, I mean, I guess if you're like almost out to the blue line or, or the, or the red, you know, the center, you know, or where, you know, wherever it is, because, you know, the benches are usually around the blue line. So, um, it's, it's just, yeah, I suppose if you're that, out that far, it's noticeable, but I mean, five feet really isn't a lot. Um, I mean, obviously you don't want it to be 10 feet because then there'll be like, then there'll be a gray area. Oh, he's 15, you know, 15 feet. He's like, oh, yeah, but I'm still within the, so I guess, I mean, five feet, you know, I don't know. I, I don't want to see any more lines. I mean, there's already enough advertising on the ice. But maybe, you know, like lacrosse, you know, or I don't know if soccer has some, they got lines on the field where the benches are. Maybe they can put like a like a little blind around the players' benches, you know, fight, you know, as a visual, you know, aid. But then maybe, but then it'll be like, but then it'll be a lot easier for the to call even more player. But I don't. Maybe that'll help. I agree. I I just think it's hard when you provide a judgment call because your judgment and my judgment could be very different. So I don't like those judgment calls. I think it needs to be very specific, like you said. You get it to a line. That's it. Yeah, and you know maybe you know you just had a judgment call. Maybe somebody's rest might think uh, to some ref five feet might be ten feet. He's like, oh wow, he's close enough. Another ref's like, close enough. He's ten feet away. So I don't know. I mean, I I don't want to keep harping on it, but I'm sure it it seems like it's a recurring thing, and it'll probably keep happening throughout the season. Maybe you know, you know, like you you keep saying, it's early early in the season. Um, you know, maybe they'll you know. Towards January, they'll you know get you know start paying more attention and and get that you know get get that out of their game. So, but um, <clears throat> I want to kind of jump in the AHL um, a little Amherst minute here. You know, as we're you know I, a lot of our listeners might be from this area. You know, the Western New York area. Um, so uh, we talked about PK Subban a little bit earlier. His brother uh, Malcolm Subban, he's actually uh, with Buffalo, but they must have sent him down. Um, he played uh, actually tonight um, uh, in the game, uh, the Amherst game against Utica. He sure isn't. He wasn't too bad. Um, but he wasn't. He's def, definitely no Uka Pekka Lukanen. Um, I don't know. Is he in Buffalo or is he injured? Because um, he hasn't played in a couple of games, so uh, I'm not sure what's going on with him. Uh, yeah, I'm not but sure. But yeah, um, 
you know, again, you know, the Amherst, I mean, it was a low shot, you know, there was like, uh, the first period, it was like seven to six shots on goal. Uh, I think the total shots was like 22 to 21 or 24 to 22 or something like that. Uh, the Amherst ended up losing, uh, it was a close game all the way. Uh, they played Utica Comets, who was a the New Jersey Devils uh, affiliate, which, I mean, they're on a terror themselves. Um, and uh, they they lost. It was like a kind of a late late goal in the third period. It was a nice goal. It was a pretty goal. But the, the Amherst defenseman was standing right in front of him. I mean, he was right. I mean, he was like standing right next to the guy, and he scored. It's like, um, you're standing right next to him. There's no way he should get that shot off. Tie him up, you know, do something. Um, so, you know, Utica ended up winning the game 3 2. And then, you know, after the game, uh, they started a little uh, fight, you know, the, the, the comments did. I don't know, you know, obviously I'm not on the ice. I don't know. Not sure what precipitated that, but, you know, the game's over. Just go, you know, celebrate and get off the ice. Don't, no, none of that. Yeah, but emotions run high. I mean, there's winners and there's losers, and nobody wants to be a loser. And so, uh, staying on the AHL front, I have some uh, Admirals news, and they're you know I talked about you know you know some hot teams and everything, and um, boy, the Admirals they they uh, they are really hot. They uh, they just they had a six game win streak. Um, they they did lose. They did have a two-game losing streak, but they had a they had a big six-game winning streak. Uh, eight, they're eight and four. Um, uh, that, uh, well, actually, this was a couple of days ago. Uh, Sixteen points on the road. They're six and one, but at home they're two and three. That that so that's that's kind of funny. Um, but the GM uh, Scotty Nickel, he's an ex-player. He is actually an ex-Amerk. Uh, he's actually, he lives in the Rochester area. Um, uh, um, his, his wife's from there. Um, but he, uh, he's putting together, he's, he's the GM of the Milwaukee Admirals. So he's, he's putting together a pretty good team down there. Um, but, the game that they the Admirals snapped the two game losing streak it was against the Chicago uh, Wolves I believe they are uh, they won six to three and six, they had six different players uh, score uh, and they're most of them were Predators draft picks uh, Jimmy Huntington uh, he was not drafted the, he that was he had he's, that was his second goal of the season. Uh, Spencer Stastny, he had his first uh, goal. He, he was actually born in Milwaukee. He was a Predators uh, 2018 fifth-round pick. And then there's uh, Igor Fanoseyev, who the Predators are really high on him. He's he's had a little bit of a terror. He's got five goals. He was a Predators uh, 2019 second-round pick. And then John Leonard, he had scored his first. They got him in the Luke Cunning trade from the Sharks. Um, and he was uh, obviously a uh, Sharks 2018 round six pick. 
And then uh, Tommy Novak, uh, he scored his fourth of the season. He was the Predators' 2015 round three pick. And then Kiefer Sherwood, who the Predators got from Colorado, uh, he had the empty net goal uh, for his third of the season. And then um, I I think we talked about Askarov a little bit last season. Uh, I don't know if you were kind of high in him or, or I, I'm not sure, but um, he uh, he got his fifth win of the season in that game. He had 25 saves. So he's he's not doing too bad. And uh, they got uh, actually uh, tonight or uh, the, the 18th, uh, they were at Iowa and then it's, it's a home and home. The Iowa Stars, I believe, they're Dallas's farm team. So that's, you know, kind of a little bit of rivalry, you know, Dallas, Nashville, Dallas, and Iowa, and and Milwaukee, you know, they, you know, then that kind of like, um, you know, they, the players in the NHL, and as they move up to the NHL, they probably continue that rivalry going. Um, so, yeah, they, they'll have a home-and-home, home, uh, the 18th and 19th, and then they got uh, uh, Manitoba. Uh, on the 22nd. Um, but you know, I, I mentioned uh, Scott Nichols, GM. I'm wondering, um, obviously, with the Predators winning uh, in the last three games, you know, but it's something to think about. Maybe, uh, you know, towards the offseason, maybe um, promote. Scotty Nickel to the Predators. Um, I don't know. I don't know if he really want to. It just he, he might be ready now. I don't know. You know, he's obviously general manager of Milwaukee, but I don't know if you want to just like uh, you know replace him with Poyle, or do you just or do you want to like groom him and promote him to assistant general manager. I think at this point you just get rid of Poyle. I would rather have a ham ham sandwich in there than Poyle. He's just not bringing you to the promised land. And let's, I mean, if we were to look at the, the Preds right now and five, like, look at what they have right now and move that to five years from now. Does do they have any type of plan or players who are going to move up to take them to a Stanley Cup championship? And I just I think no. So yeah, yeah, and, yes, bring Nichols up. Um, Scott Nickel. There's there's no S in there. Good old Scotty oh, Scott. Nickel. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um. You know, it, kind of uh, piggybacking on that as far as uh, the press leaders this year, uh, you know, I, and I, you know, I that was really high on Nino Niederreiter, and he's leading the press with eight goals. Uh, Mikhail Granlin, uh, he was a Minnesota Wild, and I, I have to say, you know, remember when they got him from the Wild? I was like. Um, I think he was involved in the Fiala trade. Yep, I um, do. And I was like, who is this Granlin? I don't want to go. I, don't, I just don't, I want Fiala. I mean, I still want Fiala, but 
Granlin has 12 assists. Um, and then, uh, of course, Forsberg. Yeah, why are you complaining? <laughs> well, I guess I'm kind of wrong about that. <laughs> Just a little bit. Um, uh, I guess I didn't realize how good Granlin was. I mean, like, he was uh, – I didn't think – I thought he was more of an older player. Um, he's um, – how old is he? He's, uh, I'm not sure how old he is, um, but he, uh, you know, he, he might have been a younger player at the time when they got him. So, you know, maybe he's getting into his prime now. I mean, obviously it's early, but um, Forsberg has 17 points, uh, a, a kind of a quiet 17 points. Um, I mean, he's obviously not leading goals and press goals because, you know, uh, Niederreiter has uh, – Eight. See, the one um, thing that I find, I don't want to say alarming, uh, but the one thing I find is, where's Yossi? He's, well, I don't know. I mean, maybe, you know, with the players that they got, maybe it takes a little bit of pressure off of them to be the catalyst, to be the, the point getter. So he's more focusing on defense. Um, but on that, on that note, um, you don't, want, you don't want, you want the points. You don't, you don't want somebody to change their game and settle in. I mean, you want somebody that's going to help you get points. So he's got to step up and start playing his game that he, he normally plays. Yeah. You know, maybe, you know, maybe he's battling injury. I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, it's possible. Yeah. Yossi is, he does, he is second, uh, in the Preds with 14 points. So I guess, you know, I said Forsberg's quiet with 17 points. I mean, Forsberg, he's, Forsberg has 11 assists, and Yossi also has 11 assists. Um, but, you know, Forsberg has six goals. Uh, uh, so he's he's right behind Niederreier. So, you know, and it's early. So maybe, you know, maybe he'll get in a hot streak. But surprising, um, let, let me just – you want to guess um, who's leading the Predators in save percentage? Any guesses? My guess by your tone is is not Soros. But would you guess that he is leading? <clears throat> would you guess that he would be leading in save percentage? You would certainly hope so. Well, I. But then again, that also you know it takes an account of games played and and I believe shots. Kevin Lincoln is leading. He's got a nine-to-one save percentage. Um, I don't know where that lead, where that heads in. Um, and then, well, let's see. The leader, the NHL leader in save percentage, is Linus Olmark with nine-three-seven. Um, and then you got Hellebuck with a nine-three-five. So he's. I don't. I mean, it's. I don't know. Nine-to-one and nine-three-seven are probably quite a ways away. It's probably not that close. Uh, I'm not sure how that ranks um, as far as stats-wise. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, also, you know, it, there's a lot, there, there's a lot to take into account um, as far as, you know, save percentage. It, 
it, I think I believe it takes into account uh, obviously your goals against and your uh, shots against. UC Soros is a nine oh five. Yeah, I I feel like the Predators are having some issues and some struggles with their goaltending this year. I feel like they just aren't satisfied with where they're at. Like that article you sent me about how Soros, you know, his woes are far beyond the Predators' woes. Yeah, and I think a lot of it might be like defensive breakdowns, but, you know, the, the little... Just a little bit of that I've seen, and and I do have the press games on record. Um, I need to watch some of them um, to, to to maybe break it down a little bit better. But the little bit that I did see, some of those saves, uh, so those goals that Sauce gave up were, I mean, I I know it's a totally different thing. I never played NHL, and but in my opinion. As far as NHL goalies concerned, they were stoppable. I, I myself probably would have saved it. I mean, obviously, I mean, even if it, I mean, even if you take that situation and put it into like our level, because obviously an NHL player is just, I mean, there's no chance that I'm going to save him. Um, but you know, it just, he just doesn't look, he didn't look strong. But then on the flip, some of those some of those games, he's keeping them in the game. So I I don't know if it's just his concentration. He's just not focused. I don't know what the answer is. I mean, and and obviously the only the only answer is him. Uh, not even the coach can you know has an answer. It, that's something that the player has to deal with. And that's why the position of goaltending is really hard mentally as long as physically, obviously. But uh, look at looking ahead uh, to uh, actually before I do that, do you have any update, you know, Griffin's updates? No, nothing right now. Um, <clears throat> but, um, you know, looking ahead to the next week, um the Predators continue their homestand, obviously. They have uh, Tampa Bay on Saturday night. And then everybody's favorite, Coyotes. No, they're not going to Arizona. They're staying home, obviously. <clears throat> they're, it's in Nashville. And then they move to Detroit for a game, and then they return home to play Colorado. So another four huge games. I mean, they're right, actually right now they're only – Two points behind Colorado for third in the division. Um, so the Tampa Bay game, I you know, it's 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 going to be a tough game. Um, I'll, I'll probably start out to watch it. Um, again, they'll probably end up losing because I'm watching them. Um, maybe I should just try listening to it on the radio and see if that works. But I, it's kind of hard. I, I have to I have to actually watch it. Um, yeah, there's nothing, but the there's nothing game, like watching a game. <clears throat> but the Arizona game, I mean, I know they're a division game. They're division. They're they're a division opponent now. And even when they were in the Pacific, the Preds and the Coyotes, it was almost like a division game because they were 
they've played each other tough. I mean, the Coyotes seem to have the Preds number. Um, I think the Pred, the Coyotes are actually, well, they're in dead last right now. They've got 13 points, so, um, and they're a minus 17 goal differential. Um, so I, you know, I, I think, you know, continue with that, with this three game wing streak, even depending on what the outcome of the Tampa Bay game, I think the Preds can, will will be able to take that game, and especially being at home. And with the three-game homestand, I think the fans are going to start to come back if they weren't already, you know, during that losing streak. And then uh, at Detroit, you know, they're 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 going to drop that one. Uh, I know Detroit's been struggling lately, uh, <clears throat> but you know, they're they're Detroit's not going to be struggling for too long. They're gonna get right back into that one, and, um, and I think they're gonna take that one. And then obviously the Preds—they don't have an answer for Colorado yet. Um, you know, so you don't know that. Don't a, know a, that. A, a few years ago, they had Colorado's number when before Colorado got a step to that elite level. But right now, then the last year and now, they just Colorado just owns them. Yeah, I mean, you you never know what can happen. I mean, it's a long season, a lot of games, injuries. I mean, you still have Landis Gog out. I mean, there's there's some changes. So, um, and then uh, just briefly uh, looking a little further ahead, um, after that, that they'll have uh, Columbus, Anaheim, New Jersey, and the Islanders. But uh, as far as the recaps for next week, I'll have Tampa Bay, Arizona, Detroit, and Colorado. So four games. Um, what about on the yeah, wings you're front? Lucky, Cause I love watching the wings. I watch every single freaking game and I've got two. That's it. Just two. And you've already mentioned, uh, one of them. Um, you know, we've got, um, but we've got Columbus tomorrow at 7 PM. I, I think that's a, a game that the wings have a good possibility of winning, uh, Bertuzzi's back. He did have his gaff in game, his first game back, but I think he's in a position that, you know, he wants to do better. He always re- responds, you know, strongly to adversity. Um, you know, I, I think that's a game that Detroit has a possibility of winning. I think that they can take that game. Then, as you had said, you know, Detroit and Nashville, um, I don't know how to feel about that game. Uh, that can go either way, in my opinion, because if Nashville brings that that physical game that, that we talked about, the Wings don't have an answer to that. They have nobody, unless they start calling people up from Grand Rapids. But then you're losing that offensive power. So it'll be a, it'll be a fun contest to see if if the muscle or the skill outweighs the other. So, um, but that's all I got. I've got Columbus and Nashville before our next show. Wow, so <clears throat> looks like I'll be busy with my recaps and you won't be. Although, I don't know. I got eight. <clears throat> my recaps haven't been all that great lately. Um, at least they've been short. <laughs> um, but speaking of short, it looks like this is going to be another short episode. Um, like last week was a hour and a half show, so um, that's. All I have. Uh, I don't know if you have anything else. 
Nope, nope. That's all I got. All right, and uh, you know, join us on our Facebook page, Predwings Podcast, at Twitter at Predwings Pod, and now brand new TikTok um, at Predwings Podcast, and you can always email us at Predwings Podcast at gmail.com. And you can always listen to us live and maybe uh, get on the show and talk like Dose. Uh, but thanks for tuning in to the Pred Wings Podcast. Good night, Hockey Town. See ya, Smashville.